0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Prime Minister Ismail Sabri Yaakob has dissolved Parliament and GE15 is on the horizon. But a lot has changed since GE14. So what do you need to know as a voter before heading to the polls? I'm Darshan Johan and this is Today I Learned. We recently asked you on social media to submit questions concerning voting at GE15. I've compiled the questions and joining me on the show today is YB Nurul Iza Anwar. She's the Vice President of PKR and MP for Permatang Pau. Welcome to the show, YB. How are Former you doing? Former MP. Former MP, yes. <laughs> parliament has been dissolved. Um, so there's, there are no MPs right now. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me, Dashran.
0: So let's start from the basics. Um, we got a question here. Um, I want to vote but do I need to register to vote? Is it too late?
1: So, all eligible voters are automatically registered. Alhamdulillah. But you can use the MySPR Sema website. I hope it doesn't crash to check (laughs) whether you will be uh, voting, is the status, and where you'll be voting um, and for which seats. Selalunya ada sekolah, kan? The particular polling stream you got to make sure so it's my spr
0: yes because you, we we are all we have automatic voter registration now so
1: 18
0: Yes, you're automatically a voter. So do go and check your registration status I and mean, where you're voting and whatnot. Um, so another question, I, this next couple of questions, definitely from first time voter. What should I wear? Why I be um, on polling day? Will I be denied entry if I dress too casually, such as in shorts and slippers? Yeah,
1: so, you know, um, I think it, we have to be realistic about this. Uh, we have to adhere to uh, the EC-SPR set standards. Uh, it might not be uh, specifically related to our rights, but uh, the EC won't prevent a voter from entering a polling station as long as uh, they are deemed appropriately dressed according to SPR standards. You know, And I, I repeat this, yeah? <laughs> but what is appropriately dressed? I think it's better to err on the side of caution, just to be safe, you know, clothes, shoes, avoid singlets. Uh, and again, SPR standards. But uh, we can't, you know, no voters or candidates can go in carrying an umbrella or any other items that bear a party's logo. So you can't go in wearing a particular logo uh, of that party that's contesting. And Section One g of the Election Offenses Act 1954 states that a voter is not allowed to enter the polling station if he or she wears any clothes or carry items that display the name of candidates, their symbol or a party logo. So I hope we know this. So mm-hmm. we know that other parties cannot do that. Incumbents cannot do that.
0: So this is another question regarding a yeah. medical situations. What happens if I have a medical emergency on that day or I'm hospitalised? What can I do? Can I still go out and vote?
1: So I believe, you know, you have to prioritise your health. Right, this is the, the main dilemma that we face because we want to prioritize lives, safety first. So please, you know, get help, get medical assistance. If you are hospitalized, you know, you focus on getting well quick. And um, if you have the time and the, the ability and the strength, of course, you, you have to make your way to the voting mm-hmm. booth. Um, or if you're really, really uh, bedridden, you can also make that quick phone call to call eligible voters, to turn up and and vote. But remember, health and safety first.
0: And speaking of health and safety, this question is connected to COVID-19. Can I vote if I happen to have COVID-19 on that day?
1: So yes, clearly the pandemic isn't over. Joe Biden was not right about that. (laughs) Um, But the MOH is formulating policies for a COVID-safe election right this moment though details are likely to be released by SPR later on. You have the um, caretaker minister stating that hak mengundi bagi individu for those who are COVID-positive, who are going to go into isolation at home, if they're not critical and they can vote, MOH and the government is supposed to prepare a separate pathway for them to enter. And of course, they they wear the the face mask, etc. So then, at the least, their rights as a voter is being respected. And
0: they're being enabled. Now, switching gears to talk about floods, because um, one of the things that opposition was very resistant about and pushing back hard against the sitting government at the time and Prime Minister Ismail Sabri Yaakob is not to have um, elections this November and December because we saw last year um, the flood uh, during monsoon season was really, really bad. So we have a question related to that. Um, the the person says, "My house was badly affected by the floods last year. How do I go out and vote if my house is under water on voting day?"
1: I think it's very important to understand that it's not our projections of worst case scenario. These are actual projections, you know, provided for by the by Met Malaysia. So you know, I, I attended the briefing. So they call it the monsoon peralihan, yeah. Before uh, we enter Timor and I think it's very crucial to understand this. Amno triggered elections actually forced this dilemma onto us because you're prioritizing your health. You have to make sure you get to safety. Kalau ada pusat pemindahan banjir, that's why you have to be placed and brought to. Um, and of course, uh, you know our right to vote. You know the right to make sure that we're there uh, safely. I think it's really an unfair uh, dilemma. But the priority, as I reiterate, and I'm sorry for for those who have uh, been victims of the previous floods, is to save save yourself. Safety first. Save your family. Take care of your loved ones. And, um, you know, hopefully if you're voting in one of the states that hasn't decided to dissolve, you have experienced a stable government in place to help focus on disaster relief and flood relief. But under the existing law, SPR is supposed to provide for the voters to cast their vote so you can delay and SPR can certainly do this until the floods have receded because they are the ones who have you know acted on this horrible timing where met malaysia themselves have admitted yeah uh, we're going to face a flooding in key areas so for me we must demand that SPR, NADMA, perform their responsibilities and roles accordingly so that the voters' uh, space and rights to vote is not suppressed and they can do so safely. So I, I will refer to, to you to um, the, the series of Instagram postings on this by Undi18. A quick shout out, is very important to know and uh, we must understand and we must push SPR to do their work
0: professionally, inshallah. Uh, you brought up the point about the the state assemblies, right? Um, because PH has announced um, and passed as well, um, Kelantan and Terengganu, um, they have announced that they will not be dissolving its state assembly. So we're talking about Penang, Selangor and Negeri Sembilan together with parliament. So a question then comes in um, and says, I'm a Selangor voter. Does yeah. this mean I don't have to vote until next year?
1: So very, very important, and this is the the conundrum that we faced, right? Because we do want to have a high turnout. Because a high turnout will ensure that you maximize the voter's choice. You maximize the opportunity uh, for the voters to decide on who should be helping the government. And um, in any case, you saw the Deputy President of AMNO wanting to suppress the numbers, because the lower the number numbers are, um, the more likely that AMNO uh, will will retain its position, because their core voters will come out. So it's uh, difficult, because once you delay, for sure, you can only hope and you ask that voters come out in droves the next round. But because it's really a decision based on um, conscience, you know, you you really want to showcase. The, the priority is people's safety. Uh, when you talk about uh, the monsoon season, you know, how the heck are you going to manage Yeah, uh, right. an election? So it's not easy. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying it doesn't make uh, sense, uh, common sense. Mm-hmm. Now, for Selangorians, they must please come out to vote for the parliamentary seats because federal seats, they're the ones that we have to decide on. Now, this means that your polling stream to vote for a particular don't seat might change. So it's you know incumbent on many legislators, uh, different stakeholders, government agencies, SPR to help informing the voter. And of course, um, so many NGOs, 18 who have been so safe, who have been very, very uh, committed towards creating this and greater awareness. So for me, Things might change. Polling streams where you used to vote will not be the same. But you, Selangorians, Penangites, Orantranganu, Kelantan, you mm-hmm. have to come up to vote for parliamentary seats. <laughs> yeah, behind me, uh, it has to be filled up. And you want good people to be there.
0: So, a question on postal voting. Um, yeah. The person says, I'm a Malaysian living in the UK. I would like to vote at GE15, but I can't just drop everything and come back home. Is there a postal voting option? How do I go about it?
1: Okay, so you're a Malaysian living overseas. Mm -hmm. It's a different matter, right? In the UK, um, then it's clear cut. Um, You do need to create a MySPR user account. And again, I reiterate, please don't crash. (laughs) I hope SPR handles the volume. Requires filling in a personal details form, and a scanned copy of your IC. And I, I would like to thank here a uh, collaborative information post under UKEC, KPUM, Vote Malaysia, and other organizations. I think it's been really helpful, and I hope we can spread the information. You must create a MySPR user account. Salinan IC, yeah, our identification, identification card. Mm-hmm. So historically, the EC has less than optimal track record on postal votes. Uh, and during GE14, some ballots arrived uh, for Malaysian voters in Europe uh, on the May 8th evening and right. some on May 9th itself. So it's, it's a really cumbersome process. But there is also a history of community organizing, individuals helping to post others' votes back home to make sure they reach in time. And um, you know, there'll be assistance from Malaysian organizations. So I hope that they can get in touch, Global Percy and the rest, just to make sure we do this effectively. And we remind each other of the SOP.
0: Right. And who else um, is eligible for postal voting? Because like you said, um, if you're overseas, the uh, process and procedure is very clear cut. Um, But what about people in Malaysia, um, let's say uh, East Malaysians, Sabahans, Sarawakians, and are they eligible for postal voting as well?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, they probably have to find ways, unfortunately, to be there in person. And that's why we, we know that uh, the last time there was a huge campaign, in Rabu, back in 2018. And I think the caretaker, Minister of Human resource alluded to this. You know, uh, which gives me like some degree of alarm bells here, <laughs> ringing in my ears, that it will be on a working day. Right. And uh, it's, it's goodness, you know, gracious me. I really hope the government can do better. But the point is, we have to find ways, you know, um, means to make sure there's logistical support so that they can come out, come back and cast their vote. For example, Kalau I see address in Semenanjung but they live in Sarawak, right? So these are the things that we have to kind of collate together to ensure they turn up and vote.
0: On the show with me today is YB Nurul Iza Anwar, Vice President of Keadilan. After the break, I ask her if people should vote for the individual or the political party. Keep it here on Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to today. I learned. I'm Dashran Johan, and on the show with me today is YB Nurul Iza Anwar, Vice President of KALILAND. And on today's episode, she's answering your questions on getting ready for GE15 that you sent us via social media. So, YB, we have a question here that asks, "What's the point of voting? Um, people can just jump around, right, like they did during Langkasharatan?" So, these are really important questions
1: uh, because as human beings, you know, we go through really disappointing moments after giving in so much and you talk about the rakyat who have come out not just in droves but for hours on end spending their own money to make sure that um, their voting, their voice is uh, you know counted, right? Um, makes a difference and this is where it's so important because you actually make a difference you, you vote in people who are good to decide and Implement policies that will impact your lives, right? Whether it's um, a pension scheme for the elderly, whether it's uh, better pay and better protection when you're at work, um, or you know, a sound action. And of course, it's really to ensure we are better protected by leaders who are um, more responsible. And yes, um, it is not easy after what happened with a Sheraton, And that's why, for me, one of the most important outcomes of this is uh, the 5th October 2022 confirmation. Anti-hopping bill has been gazetted and it is in force. I repeat, the anti-hopping bill has been gazetted and it is in force. So you then have the rights of your vote. You know, it's secure, it's protected. And we also vote because we need to get politicians and coalitions that are determined to make the most uh, basic reforms and policies for us. And if we give that up, you know, you're going to be giving it to a foregone conclusion with uh, people who are not good, who are terrible at making policies and will impact Malaysia's future for the worst. So come on, man, it's everything Malaysia is worth fighting for. And I I say this after myself, you you know, I went through a difficult period as well. It's very complex. Like I said, you know, we, we want the best, we, we worked hard. I mean, yes, it's been 21 or 20 years, but like, you know, if Arsenal can continue the terrain and go on the terrain to win. Um, and I reminded um, everybody, the romance of the three kingdoms, right? The fact that it took six decades to look at a different dynasty. So
0: right.
1: it is always a march towards building about the history for us.
0: I'm a huge Arsenal fan as well, so... Oh, that's why. <laughs> my like raving. Yes, finally. Liverpool,
1: I know. But that's why. Don't give up.
0: So this next question goes, should I vote for the individual or party? What if I really like my MP? They've been really solid, um, even when they have been given the chance to be a minister. But I don't support the party the MP is from. What do I do?
1: So... In the ideal system, without political parties, of course, then you can choose whoever you want. But life, as is politics, is not ideal. So you do have to choose uh, the candidate, and the candidate is one that represents you or your constituency, but also belongs to a party. Very rarely that uh, an independent gets to win. I mean, it happens in Malaysia, but very rarely. So in the 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 first-past-the-post system, which is how... Our system is in play, political parties they, they, they play a huge role in determining the government of the day. That's how coalitions are built. We're not a proportional representative system. So the winning party then gets to form the government. Of course, uh, not during Sheraton, but that's where it's been rectified. Yeah. So for example, you do like candidate X, but his party is a nest of kleptocrats and their supporters. So winning. Over requires a lot of calibration. Do you want the party to win as a whole, and then the outcome would be disastrous, or you know, you you then have to make another consideration whereby another party and what the party stands for is something that we can work with, um, and we should push on. So it doesn't mean that you'll be stuck with that particular coalition. I believe right now, what's most important is every party uh, is far. More scared of the electric. you know. You 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 do feel the pressure. You do understand the importance to deliver, and that is an important power that's returned back to the people. That always has to be kind of strengthened over time. It's a process, a painful one. But, but yeah, these calibrations ha- have to be made.
0: Yeah. Um. Speaking of power and the po- power that people have. Um. A question uh, came in, um, and the question goes: um, I want to vote and I want a lot of people to go out and vote but the people around me are saying you know there's no point and they're not going to vote even some of my family members. How do I encourage other people to vote?
1: You know for me it's very important that we never lose hope. The pandemic has shown us so many terrible things have happened. People are still reeling from the shock. You know we've lost loved ones, we've known someone else who's lost their jobs. So that's why it's very important to keep on uh, believing that it really takes a whole village, it takes all of us to make better outcomes. So yes, I think we have to continue the good fight and we have to encourage others. This is not a judgment call. It's just really a rallying call. So this inclusivity, the, the reminding each other, hey, man, I mean, we have to do something. and. Um, in, in any country, there will be challenges that you will face. And this is ours. This is ours. And I, I think we have to embrace and take stock of that. I mean, I, it, it hurts me as well to be part of the political class, right? Because when I came in uh, as a political activist, we were very idealistic. We wanted to do many, many things. And of course, there are challenges and roadblocks. But does it mean that we give up? It just means the people who are bad and who are evil, who are manipulative, will win the war. And it's not going to happen on my watch. So I think that's what we can do. And we start with ourselves and we start with a lot of optimism. Can be angry, channel the anger and remind those who are who are doing wrongful things. You know, I, I do believe that, like I said, the arc of, of history, it, you know, it bends. The arc of the, the universe. Yeah, so it, it, it's always going to take time, but uh, it, will, it will be uh, bending towards justice, inshallah.
0: Now, on that similar note, we have a question uh, where someone ha- appears to have given up. And it says, um, with everything that's been going on over the past few years, I no longer yeah. um, have trust in our political system or democracy. Um, and this person says, I think I'm not going to vote. And I think this also ties into like some of the other things um, I'm sure yes. you have seen as well on social media, such as Boycott, PRU and, yeah. and things like yeah. that. What is your take on this?
1: For me, I understand the bitterness and and the anger, but the problem is the outcome that will be generated is not necessarily one that punish those who are supposed to be misbehaving. It actually rewards them. So boycotting elections actually rewards those who have been abusing the the process and the system. So that's my main concern. I understand that you feel that you you have the the choice and and the right uh, to boycott, but a low voter turnout is a political maneuver that I believe will only reward those who are uh, in power, right? Especially who have failed us, who have not been able to provide sound policies to benefit and protect the welfare of Malaysians. So it's hard, you know, at the end of the day, we can only encourage, we can only persuade and um, do our part. But I always remind everybody, you know, we if I'm, you know, filled as a candidate, we are just you know, one person, right? At the end of the day, you want to do your your part, but it takes the voters and I have been elected time and again because of the voters. So I'm very mindful, it's a collective effort, no matter what people say. Similarly, when the eti Hopping bill, how much pressure point was placed by the uh, civil society? It's a collective effort. We couldn't have done it without, you know, the criticism, without the badgering. So it's important, it's healthy. A democracy is imperfect, but it is the best system that can help represent as many voices as possible. So we're continuing to, to improve it.
0: This discussion goes, there's been a lot of politicking lately. Why can't we just form a unity government where all the political parties just come together and, and, and form one government together?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I understand that there's this interest to have a unity government, but um, it's firstly politicking happens across all organizations. You just have to minimize it, reduce it, and make sure that people are focused on a uh, particular agenda, yeah, focus on the future and realizing that vision. But um, unity government is going to be very difficult because you do need an effective opposition at all times. I think that was the main criticism when the MOU was introduced, right? check and balance, you know, that, that, you know, a a loyal government exists alongside a loyal opposition and they check each other. Similarly, you know, my role in the PAC previously is is really to make sure all of the government's financial accesses are kept in check. So I I believe a unity government, is going to be very challenging in, in that sense because we also come from different ideologies and we do have a lot of reform that has to take place. So, again, that's one. But the other part is the actual, the actual realisation of it. First pass, post the system, how, you know, right. um, it, it'll be very, very, uh, again, practically doesn't make uh, much sense. Um, I mean, I respect the, the suggestion, but I think we also have to be pragmatic and realistic. We need a strong opposition. It, it really is um, a lifesaver on many occasions.
0: Speaking of first-past-the-post, this next question ties into that as well. And it goes, what if I genuinely like a smaller party or an independent candidate, but everyone tells me, don't be stupid because I'll just be splitting the vote. What do I do? Well,
1: you know, again, um, practical terms, uh, you know, the consequences of our votes, uh, it's like that. You, you know, an ideal democracy, you should be able to vote for whoever you want. Uh, but the percentage of votes you garner in a proportional representation system is much better. So 7%, even, you know, you get seats. But in a first-past-the-post system, it really is the bigger party. So it's a contestation between two coalitions. So, you know, we're fighting um, in the end, for example. So chances of an independent winning is slim. So it's, your vote actually has to be curated very carefully, because you know even if you give the smaller parties, they will not be able to be represented. So then there were talks of this when we talk about electoral reform uh, back in the day 2012 2012 I think mm-hmm. um but again until Malaysia works to, or moves towards a direction then you will not have the smaller voices emerge like you know the green party in, in other countries. So for me um it's interesting because climate has has become far more important people are talking right. about a possible, Malaysia's own uh, New Green Deal, but how do you have this, right, in play with first-past-the-post? So, so, of course, I'll, I'll push very hard within our own manifesto, but the point is we are going to be stuck. So the choice you make on who you choose has to be a very well-considered because it will have ramifications on either winning the opponent that you don't want.
0: Just a couple more questions, this time specifically about Pakatan Harapan, since I have you with me. Um, A lot has happened since 2018, uh, when Pakatan Harapan first uh, brought down the incumbent Barisan National Government, which has been governing Malaysia for six decades. Um, But a lot has happened since then, including Lanka Sheraton. What are some of the important lessons Pakatan Harapan has learned since 2018?
1: Well, I can speak from the perspective of a backbencher, mm-hmm. Member of Parliament. Um, you know, uh, the, the the rest, of course, was in Cabinet. And I think collectively, everyone understands there were shortcomings in the administration. These are very important lessons, especially as they were taking over from a six decade old government. Yeah. And uh, transitions and the changes, teething pains, was painful for everybody. And um, I believe, one of the key things, I can name the items I actually particularly like, the fact that you can see a, a strengthened judiciary, especially in terms of who was chosen uh, to helm the positions and how they've actually uh, uh, kind of uh, created fear yeah, amongst the ruling political elite. And this is very important because everyone needs to feel that they are equal um, uh, under the law. Right. That's one. Number two, of course, only 18 the 18 year olds. I mean, I was uh, 17 when um, 1998 took place. Oh my God. So uh, my first elections, I was just 18. I couldn't vote, but I had to campaign. Um, oh my God. So <laughs> brings back yeah memory. So I think yeah. that's an important reform. You also have, uh, you know, not just the toll rates reduction, but I think more importantly, what I love most is, the pension scheme, the protection, ISURI, the collaboration with KWSP, making sure that women or generally the public is being protected better. That's an important piece of reform legislation, yeah, which is not often speak uh, spoken of. And of course, you have uh, eventually the anti-hopping bill. I believe you know it is that was the the fire starter of sorts. So these are important. We are going to have this continuing march you know towards creating has history and most importantly then for Pakatan harappan as we you know the committee for Manifestors together um you can tell you always say okay you know how can do we do things better how can we improve this part the promises before was a bit challenging so it's important that this process uh, you know uh, is 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 taking place and the fact is it really restores the power of voting and it changes the 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 entire imagination of Malaysians, where you actually can change government at the federal level. I mean, it happened. So, yes, it's not everything we want, we wanted, but it happened. And I think it can happen again, whether with this government or whether with the Pakatan Harapan government after they finish their term. The point is one term, you know, provide the opportunity, they don't make it, next. You know, so that's how you should be. It's a really nice demand you make of, um, you know, those like to empower to do their job you know, for the people and of course voted in by the people. So for me, um, you know, there's many other uh, success stories, of course. But again, most importantly, the fact that it was an important learning, experience learning curve for us
0: yeah absolutely and you brought up the Pakatan Harapan manifesto when can we expect Pakatan Harapan to um, showcase the manifesto to the public so I'm
1: actually going to make a call to Wong Chan and demand more stuff <laughs> because I want, I want old age scheme old age pension scheme to be included I want that universal child benefit to be included uh, well you know but <laughs> it's going to kill me but the committee is supposed to announce uh, on Thursday and mm-hmm. our Pakatan Harapan convention inshallah but yeah so, yeah, you know, like I said, we all have a voice. We might not be in the manifesto committee, but from our conversations, from our discussions, we can make those demands because Malaysia deserves the best policies that are going to be based on evidence.
0: Absolutely. Before we wrap this conversation up, would you have a final message um, for us with regard to ge 15
1: Wow. I think, you know, um, my friends, I believe that this election is so important in our March for a Better Future. So we can't give up. We have to continue um, the good work and we have to make sure we cast our vote and um, vote for a better future
0: together. And on that note, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks Ashran. That was YB Nurul Iza Anwar, Vice President of Keadilan and MP for Permatang Pau. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Darshan Johan, and this has been Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the VFM app.